Hello and welcome back to Deep Sleep with Light Novels. I'm Yuri Jackson and we're back to Death Note. Another note, the Los Angeles BB Murder Cases. Chapter 5. Clock. Rizaki finally reached the townhouse where the third murder had occurred at just past 3. Sorry to keep you, Mizra. He said, not appearing the least bit guilty after showing up about an hour late. Don't worry, I wasn't waiting. I started without you. Mizra said as sarcastically as possible. I see. Rizaki said, going down all fours and scrolling over towards her. She was getting used to it, but it happened so suddenly she almost jumped. She hadn't seen him for the past few days, after all. On August 16th, after speaking with L, she had gone back to Quarter Queen's apartment and told him that the fourth murder would happen in six days. On August 22nd, naturally, Ryuzaki had asked how she knew, but Misura had no idea, and she couldn't just say that L had said so. But while she and Ryuzaki talked the matter over, Misura had figured it out. Her answer was more than convincing, but she didn't feel like explaining it to Ryuzaki, so she simply stuck to her guns. In retrospect, Ryuzaki had let the matter drop a little too easily, but they had eventually decided to investigate the third crime scene. Backyard, bottom slashes home. On the 19th. In the meantime, both Naomi Mizra and Ru Ryuzaki would look into the background of the case and make other preparations for their investigation. Mizra had spent the time staying in regular contact with Elle, advancing her own theories and obtaining a range of useful information as a result, including some new discoveries the police made and L had relayed it on her. But, the truth was that, on the 19th, even after arriving at the third crime scene and spending several hours investigating it alone, she felt like she had no significant advances since downtown on the 16th. Did you already check the bathroom? Mizra? Of course! You? I glanced inside before I came upstairs, but the bathtub ruined. Painted like that, the only person who would dream of climbing in is Elizabeth Bathory. He wipes every single footprint, but not a single drop of blood. Finicky types are always like that. The killer honestly doesn't give a damn about anything but himself. Yes, I agree. Rizaki said, but despite his words, he seemed to have no problem crawling around the blood-splattered floor. Or did he just not care? Just like the killer. Mizuha watched his movements carefully. I don't think anything's here, she said. I went over it pretty carefully. My, my, I never thought I'd hear you be so pessimistic, Mizuha. I'm not. Just Rizaki, I feel like the focus of the scene must be the severed limbs. Left arm and right leg cut off. This is the biggest difference from his previous victims. Like you mentioned before, something that should be here but isn't. In that case, what we have to think about is why the killer dropped right leg in the bathroom and only took away the left arm. A whole arm. Not nearly as easy as taking away two volumes of Akazukin Chacha. And they still haven't found the arm. It's not that easy to dispose of body parts, so if the killer took it with him, then there must be a good reason for it. I don't know if that's the message or if it isn't a message. There might be some kind of mark on it that the killer doesn't want us to see. 
possibly. That makes sense. But crushing the second victim's eyes pointed to our blind spot and to glasses. So carrying away the left arm must mean something. But once again, it's the right leg that bothers me, Mizra. The killer's treatment of it is so muddled. You yourself said that disposing of body parts isn't easy, but neither is cutting one up. It must have taken ages. It doesn't strike you rather dangerous to do something like that in a townhouse? There are houses on either side, sharing walls, and they might notice at any moment. Both limbs were cut right at the root. The body was found over there, right? Pictures. Pictures! Misra flipped through the folder she had already taken out and produced a photograph of the third crime scene, the same picture that had helped them figure out the th message at the second scene. She held the photograph up, lining it up with the room and pinpointing where the body had been. It was over the here, lying on his back, with the right arm and left leg flung out wide. Hmm. Well, if your theory is correct, we have plenty of time before the next murder takes place. Let's be thorough. Speaking of which, don't you think it's time you explained why the fourth murder will happen on the 22nd? Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Mizuha put the photographs away and turned towards Rizaki. He wasn't facing her. They'd known each other five days and had met three times. And it was becoming clear that Rizaki was not aware that it was customary to face the person you were speaking with. But by this point, she hardly going to dwell on something so insignificant. It's such a simple matter, it almost seems like a waste of breath. Thurmer happened on August 13th, right? Yes. You don't even need a check. There were Roman numerals on the first victim's body, but the time we have Arabic numerals, 13. 13. If you write a 1 and a 3 next to each other, they look like a B. Yes, Rizaki nodded. This was so simple she had worried that he would laugh at her, but he seemed to be taking it surprisingly serious. Come to think of it, I only saw a children's game show where they asked what 1 plus 3 equals, and the answer was B. Exactly! B! B B. But Mizra, that works for the third murder, since it took place on August 13th. What about the other dates? The crossword puzzle reached LAPD on the 22nd. The first murder was on July 31st. The second on August 4th. And you predicted that the fourth on August 22nd. None of it which form the letter B. Not first glance, but apply the same principle following a different pattern. This is the first number, July 31st. 3 and 1. Verse the 2 and you get 13. Okay, I'll grant you the 31st. This seems reasonable enough, but what about the 4th and the 222nds? Same thing. Just change the pattern. Take the problem you mentioned from the children's game show, 1 plus 3, August 4th. 4 is the normal answer to the equation, and August 22nd, if you take 1 from the 10th place and put it on the 1th place, you end up back at 13. B. 13. In other words, every day the killer takes action, the 22nd, the 31st, the 4th, and the 13th, the 10th place, and the 1's place add up to 4. 
in every month, there are only those four dates that do that, only four, and something happens on every one of those. Also, the Wari Ningyo started out at four, one plus three equals four, and this might just be a coincidence, but worth putting on the pile. The gaps between the cases, four days and nine days, if you had four and nine, you get 13. B. I see. Not bad. Rizaki said, nodding. Mizura beamed. Picking up on the similarities between 13 and B is a pretty good idea. Isn't it? So the fourth murder will be happening in nine days after the 13th on the 22nd. Nine, four, nine. I can see the possibility of another four and the murder happening on the 17th. But it seems far more likely that it'll be on the 22nd. After all, something already happened on the day last month, and there's absolutely no way to get from 17 to B, no matter how hard you try, so the fourth murder can only take place on the 22nd. The 17th had already passed, and there had been no related murders in Los Angeles on that day. She had been a little worried, but the strength of Elle's declaration had kept her calm. She had told herself that four days and nine days adding up to 13 had been pure chance, irrelevant coincidence that the killer could afford to ignore. If I could add one thing, Rizaki said, that particular method of transforming 22 to 13 is a little forced, bending the argument to suit your purpose. There's no reason to move the one from the tens place like that. It's not like switching the numbers from 31 to 13. The explanation was clearly created after the fact. Uh, but Rizaki, don't misunderstand me. I fundamentally agree with your reasoning, just not the particular point. But then, if he refuted the most important date, the entire argument fell apart. He had effectively refused to agree with anything she said. But I have a suggestion, Mizra. You were raised in Japan, right? Then you are most familiar with Japanese numerals than I am. Num numbers in kanji? Visualize the kanji for 22. The kanji. She pictured the characters in her mind, but they failed to suggest anything. Well, no, I, I don't know what you... Oh, then let me try a hint, Mizra. Imagine that the middle kanji, the kanji of a 10, is a plus sign, which means two line plus two line is e actually two line plus two line, two plus two. Oh, that wasn't a hint. It was an answer. So two horizontal line plus two horizontal line was four and Four was one plus three lines was thirteen. Add them together and you get four. And you're explained brilliantly that four was one plus three. After all, if one plus three is B, then we have to put one and three together, which is the same as one plus three, which creates the shape of the letter B. That's exactly why we can read twenty-two as two line plus two line. We just need enough reason to add the numbers together, and with the condition, your reasoning for placing the fourth murder on the 22nd sounds accurate. I was somewhat bowled over the fourth of your conviction earlier, and was a little nervous about following your lead, 
but now I feel as happy as if I've drunk a mug of molasses. That metaphor gave me a heartburn. But apparently Ryuzaki believed this was why she had said the fourth murder would take place on the 22nd. Not full marks since his reasoning for the actual date was better than hers, but she could relax a little. But Mizura, Ryuzaki said, one more thing. Yeah? This was the second one more thing. It caught her off guard. Your theory is based on the assumptions that when the killer chooses his victims, he requires that they have the initials BB. But like we discussed, there is still a possibility that the killer is after QQ, not BB. Oh, yeah. If the fourth victim turned out to be a child with the initials QQ lying face down, then the theories would be thrown out the window. If it is Q rather than B, then your theory doesn't hold water. You would have created it from nothing, forcing it into existence based on faulty logic, based on coincidence. Coincidence? That the number 13 looks like a B? But it's so blatant, and Q just fits in there so neatly. Yes, I agree. I don't believe any of it to be coincidental, but your theory is based on hindsight, created after the fact. I want to know why you chose to build your theories on B, not Q. Well, because L had said so. Rather firmly, the killer is B. She known in advance, but she couldn't tell Ryuzaki that. She had to keep L a secret from him. She could let her guard down and let something slip, no matter how much they spoke. I guess with three victims, there were two BBs to one Q, and B just seemed more likely. I thought about Q afterward. Of course, but I couldn't find any pattern that related to it. She said, trying to cover, but even as the words left her mouth, she knew they sounded unnatural. And sure enough, Ryuzaki dismissed it. That's so arbitrary. Nothing to support it at all. Her good mood was gone now. She bit her lip. She had reached those conclusions working backwards, trying to figure out a reason for what L had said. L's words supported it, so it's probably right, but that didn't change anything. The killer is B. What? No, I mean, he's so upset with the letter B. Maybe that's very obsession is part of the message and the killer's initials are BB as well. Or maybe they're QQ, like you said. A lot of elements in the case do point to B, but it's also possible we simply haven't stumbled across a sign pointing to Q. Yeah, I, I suppose so. That said, I do think B is more likely than Q as well. More than 99%, Rizaki admitted, essentially retracting the last few minutes. There is a good chance the killer's initials are B. The victims all BB and the killer's too. Things are getting interesting. Interesting? Yes. Anyway, be careful next time, Isra. If you agree with something, you must have sufficient reason to agree with it. If you disagree with something, you must have sufficient reason to disagree with it. However accurate, a deduction based on fallacy means you have not defeated the killer. Defeated? Rizaki, is this really a matter of winning and losing? Yes, Rizaki said. It is. Because this was war. Ella said to never move on a case unless there were more than 10 victims or a million dollars at stake. 
the only exception to this were cases at difficulty level L, extremely fitting. Owen L had personal reasons compelling him to get involved. The Los Angeles Beaver murder cases were both of these. I hardly need to point out the difficulty by this stage of the story, and L was essentially fighting his own dead copy. The current head of Whammy's house had told Quillish, Whammy, and Watari, who had told L about B's disappearance in May. And ever since, L had been looking for him even as he solved his other cases. Whammy's houses only knew him as B. They did not know his real name. Beyond birthday. So this search was near impossible. But L at last picked up his trail when the murder started. Which is why L knew who the killer was. He had not been looking for a killer so much as he was looking for a case. L had been waiting expecting beyond birthday to do something to challenge him. L could move any policeman in the world, but in this case, he did not ask anyone for help except Naomi Mizra. More than likely, for this reason, I don't think L really put that much stock in honor, but everyone is embarrassed by their own sins, and nobody wants those missteps to become public knowledge. L was the goal of everyone in Whammy's house. Every one of us wanted to surpass him, to step over him, to step on him. M did, N did, and B did. M as a challenger, N as a successor, B as a criminal. Riyazaki, did you find anything new? Now that they had finished debating the matter of dates, Mizo took a breather, went down to the kitchen on the first floor, made two cups of coffee, with no amount of sugar, obviously, and carried them back up to the backyard's bottom slash his room on a tray. She was holding the serving tray in both hands, which made opening the door rather tricky, since the handle was waist high. She was able to reposition herself a little bit and hook the tray on her belt buckle. She found Riyazaki lying in the middle of the room, flat on his back with his arms and legs flung out to the side. Is there froze in the doorway? Find? Something? Misery repeated, for no reason at all. He wasn't going to make a bridge or and start crawling around with his back to the floor. Was he? Like something of a horror movie. Misery gulped nervously, but to her great relief, this was apparently too weird even for Ryazaki. But what was he doing? Um, Ryazaki, I'm a corpse. Huh? I have become a corpse. I cannot answer. I am dead. She understood this, the word understand had a connotation of acceptance, which she sincerely wished to avoid, but it seemed clear that Ryuzaki had adopted the same pose as the third victim. Obviously, his left arm and right leg remained attached to his body, but with that in mind, he did not match the pictures of backyard bombs such as bitter end. From a practical standpoint, Mizor could not see any point to his behavior. But she was not in kind of interfere with another person's method of deduction. Instead, Mizo tried to figure out if, on her way to the desk, she should step over Ryazaki or go around. She did not want to step over him, but it irritated her to go around. Um. Hmm. And then she noticed, at least, she noticed that she had noticed something. But what had she noticed? Something had caught her eye. No, before that, now she opened the door, her attention had been overwhelmed by the spectacle of Ryazaki playing dead. So how could it have? That wasn't it. 
Then what would she have seen first if Rizaki were not lying there? If Rizaki had not been in the way of her carrying the coffee? If he had not been there, then nothing. The room would have been perfectly ordinary, if a little frilly. She could barely smell blood. The only thing out of place was the hole in the wall. The hole? The mug left by the white Ningyo. It was just a hole, and hard to make out. But it was not a hole, but the Wari Ningyo? Then the first thing that would catch her eye upon opening the door, just based on the line of sight, was not Ryazaki playing dead, but the Wari Ningyo. The moment she opened the door, she would see the Wari Ningyo. One of the dolls had been carefully placed in exactly that spot, and all the Wari Ningyo had been nailed to the wall at exactly the same height. At about waist height. If you were as tall as Mizra, but the distance from the wall on either side changed depending on location. By each location, when she had opened the door, a hole. Excuse me, Ryuzaki. Still holding the coffee tray, Mizra stepped. No, vaulted over Ryuzaki. At least she meant to, but she was so distracted she missed her landing and stomped on her stomach. In boots, and she reflectively tried to keep her balance and avoid dropping the tray which left her putting her entire weight on Ryazaki's abdomen. Ah, said the corpse. Naturally, sorry. If she had spilled the coffee on him as well, Naomi's reputation as the cloth would have been cemented forever. But natural matter, the matter did not go that far. Her martial arts experience had honed her sense of balance. She put the tray down on the desk and picked up the police file. She checked to see if she had remembered correctly. What is it, Mizra? Ryuzaki may have been an impossibly weird freak of man, but even he did not go as far as to rejoice at the pain of a woman stepping on him. He stopped pretending to be a corpse, rolled over, and crawled toward her. I'm looking over the charts of the crime scene. In each of them, I noticed the same thing. About the location of the Wari Ningyo. The location? What do you mean? When we investigated the scenes, the police had already taken the dolls away, so I never noticed before, but there was a noticeable trend in the placement of the dolls. This scene included, when you open the door to enter the room, the first thing you see is a doll. There is a doll directly opposite the door. The killer arranged it so that when you come to the room, the first thing that catches your eye is a... Wari Ningyo. Oh. Yeah. Rizaki said, nodding. That's really true for this room, and now that you mention it, I remember seeing a hole in the wall when I went into the first and second rooms as well. But Mizra, what does this mean? Um, um, uh, what did it mean? She felt like it was a major discovery and had stomped on Ryazaki's belly in her enthusiasm. But now that he asked, she didn't have an answer. Awkward? She couldn't admit the truth, so she scrambled to string something together. Well, it might have something to do with the locked rooms. How so? At all three scenes, the person who discovered the body opened the door and came in, using a spare key or breaking the door down. They all came into the room and saw that creepy doll on the wall. The Wari Ningyo was the first thing they saw. No matter what the attention was drawn to, maybe while their attention was distracted, the killer who had hide in the room slipped quietly out the door. As classic, a uh, locked room would detect a novel trick as the needle and thread. But Mizra, think about it. If you wanted to focus on someone's attention, you wouldn't need the doll. Why not? 
if there was no doll, the first thing they would see is a dead body. Just like you, froze when you came in the room and saw my corpse. All they had to do was slip at the door when someone came in and was staring in shock at the body. Ah, uh, right. Uh, of course. So, did he want the person who found the body to see something besides the body first? I can't think of any reasons why, but neither can I. If he didn't want them to notice the body at all, I wouldn't understand, but what could he gain from arranging it so they didn't notice the body for a second or two? But in that case, why put Roy Nino there? In the placement just a coincidence? No, I'm sure it was deliberate. It makes no sense to dismiss it as coincidental. But approaching it from a perspective doesn't strike me as very effective. Like I said before, rather than focus on the Roy Nino in the locked room, I prefer to think we should concentrate on figuring out the message the killer left behind. But, Ryazaki, no, you're right. She always argued but stopped herself. It certainly was worth pursuing, but she didn't have any follow through at the moment. First, they needed to identify the fourth victim, or at least the location. They were widening you at all the scenes, but the message was only in the room, and they needed to find it as soon as possible. So sorry, I was wasting valuable time. I would rather you apologize for stepping on me, Mizra. Oh, right. Uh, of course. You mean it. That is a token of my contrition. Would you do something for me? Uh, okay. Could you be more blatant? But she had stepped on him. Very hard. With her full bio rate. What? Would you pretend to be dead, Mizra? Like I was a moment ago. The victim, backyard button slash, was a woman, so you might provide more inspiration than I did. Apparently, this private detective was unaware that most people possess something called self-respect. But this was not the time to point this out to him. If she did, Naomi felt she would be well on her way to earning reputation as a sundere. Quickly to hide her inner drippiness, and the matter was urgent. She would willing to try anything that might help. She wasn't sure if this was one of those things, but by this point, she was even willing to try crawling. Feeling oddly resigned, she lay down on the floor. The room looked really different from down there. So, anything? No, not at all. Oh, yeah, I thought not. Futile. Yuzaki sat in a chair with his knees against his chest, pointed out that the coffee Mizra had made was getting old, and drank his. Mizra had put sugar in the way she liked it and half expected him to complain, but he didn't say anything. Apparently he was capable of consuming non-sweet things too. It seemed she could get up now, but it felt more awkward to do so than to stay down here, so she didn't move. Whew. Hot coffee helps the pain in my belly, Yuzaki said. He seemed so nonchalant, but he just wouldn't let that go. Ryazaki, was this the same in the first victim? After she died, he took the clothes off, then cut off the arm and leg and put the clothes back on. Yes. What of it? No, I, I know it's easy to cut off a body without the clothes getting in the way. Clothes are pretty sturdy, really. <laughs> this gets tangled up on the blade, but... Once he has the clothes off, 
why does he put them back on? Why not leave the, his victims naked? Hmm. With the first victim, putting his shirt back and I'll hide the cuts on the chest, or at least hide that they were Roman numerals, but this time it must have been a pain in the ass. Putting clothes on a corpse. Or anyone who can't move themselves. Mizra, the lady abandoned the bathroom was wearing a sock and a shoe. Yeah, I saw the picture. Then, I mean, perhaps the killer's goal, no, the killer's message has nothing to do with the clothes or shoe, but only to do with the severed limbs, which is why he put everything else back the way he used to be. Put everything back, but then, but then the left arm and right leg. He left the leg in the bathroom and took the arm with him. Why? What was different about the left arm and the right leg? An arm and a leg? Mizo muttered, staring up at the ceiling. Yuzaki looked at the ceiling as well, and said slowly, buying a thumbnail. Once, on a different case, something happened that might help here, if you, do, if you care to hear it. G go ahead. It was a murder case, and the victim had been stabbed through the chest. Afterwards, the ring finger on his left hand had been cut off and carried away. After his death, can you guess why? The ring finger on the left hand? That's easy. The victim was married, right? The killer must have cut off to steal the wedding ring. Wedding rings have often been worn so long that they no longer can be taken off. Yes, the killer was out the money. Afterward, we successfully tracked down the ring on the black market and were able to retrace it back to the killer and arrest him. But that's certainly an interesting story and everything, but but Ryuzaki, no one would cut up an entire arm to steal a ring, and Becca Bond slash wasn't married. According to a file, she wasn't even seeing anyone. But there are more rings than wedding rings. But you still want to take the entire arm. Yes, you're right. That's why I only said it might help. If it didn't, then I apologize. Not was apologizing for, but there was no ring. No ring. So something besides a ring, for example, a bracelet, not around the finger, but around the wrist. No, that was retarded. It made a certain amount of sense that we'll be need to cut off a finger to get a ring, but no matter how generously you looked at it, there was no reason to cut off an arm for a bracelet. Nobody would do that, and the killer wasn't out the money anyway. If he was, the second victim didn't fit. Mitchell slowly reached her arm out towards the ceiling. Holding away from the floor, she opened her hand and stretched her fingers out all the way, as if trying to grab the fluorescent light. There was a ring on her finger. An engagement ring from Ray Pember. An engagement ring that still seemed about as real as a joke between two children to her, but was it possible someone would cut off her finger to her arm to steal it? What if it was a bracelet? No, using herself as an example just made it seem all the more likely. Hold her arm up like this allowed her sleeve to slide down toward her shoulder. Her wristwatch came into view. It was silver watch, a present from for on her birthday this year, February 14th again, from Ray Penver. So it wasn't a bracelet, but a watch. It was silver, so it wasn't cheap. A, a watch? Rizaki was back and bottom slash right or left-handed. According to your file, right-handed. What of it? 
So, chances are she would have worn a watch on her left arm. So perhaps what the killer took away was a watch. Mizora said from her position on her back of the floor. The right leg still had a sock and a shoe, so the arm he took away more than likely still had a watch on it. He cut off the arm to steal the watch. But why, Mizora? You yourself said that it didn't make any sense to cut off an arm to steal a ring, but so why would someone do that to steal a watch? If you were after a watch, he would have just taken it. Watches aren't like rings, they never get stuck. There's no reason to cut off an arm. No, I don't think he was after the watch either, but maybe the watch is this scene's message. If only the watch was missing, it would be too obvious, so he took the arm too. As a form of misdirection. I see, but in that case, we still don't know why he cut off the right leg as well. I doubt she wore a watch around her ankle, and even as case of misdirection, there's still no need to take the whole arm. The risk would have been plenty. Yeah, true enough, but still, the watch idea itself still seemed like a good one. She felt like she was near the truth. If that same unnatural fixation these are cliche phrase that she encountered at the first and second scenes was working here that she felt like it would manifest itself this way. Left arm, right leg, left wrist, right ankle, left hand, right foot, watch, clock, timepiece, ticker, both hands and feet, both arms and legs, or are the bits left behind what really matter? Not the left arm and the right leg, but the right arm and left legs. The forelimb. Plus the head is five. Five? Five minus two is three. Three. The, the third scene, a limbs. And the head makes five. The head? The neck. The neck. And one leg. And... One arm. Mizora was stringing words together as they came to her, but she was spinning in circles like a lost child afraid of running into dead end. The more she babbled, the more she lost the feeling that she was on to something. The hands on her compass were spinning. If five minus two is three, then he could have cut off both arms or both legs on the left arm and the head. If the left arm had to be one of them, then why the right leg? Purely filled the silence, Mizra forced out a question that had not occurred to her. A question she did not even consider worth asking, but Ryuzaki took her up on it. The head and arm and leg left behind are all different lengths. For a moment, she didn't know what he meant. It seemed like a non-sequitur, and her mind couldn't keep up with it, but an arm was longer than a head, and a leg was longer than an arm, but so what? Was Ryuzaki just blurting out whatever crossed his mind the way she was? But that wasn't going to help guide her compass needle. Needle? O or hand? What are needles? No, hands. The classic locked room trick with the needle and thread, but that had nothing to do with this. But hands? Couldn't that be? A clock! Clock hands! Ryuzaki! Huh? Clock hands. The hour hand, minute hand, and second hand 
through them, each of different lengths. Mitsu slapped the floor hard with her upraised arm and used the impact to push herself up to the sitting position. She moved quickly to Ryuzaki, grabbed the coffee cup from her, drank the contents in a single gulp, and slammed the empty cup down on the table as if trying to break it. At the first scene, he took Akazaki and Chacha away to point us to insufficient relaxation. At the second scene, he took the contacts to point us towards the glasses, and here at the third scene, he took away the wristwatch and turned the victim into a clock. The victim into a clock. We like a deep set eyes stared at her with a calmness in stark contrast to her own excitement. But clock, you mean? The head is the hour hand, the arm is the minute hand, and the leg is the second hand. That's why the killer took the watch with him, and that's why he didn't just take the watch or just cut off the hand, but cut the arm off at the root and had to cut one of the legs off as well. Otherwise, there wouldn't be three hands left. All that came out in one breath, and at last, Mizra felt her feet on the ground again. She took a picture out of her pocket, the picture of backyard bomb slash's corpse, on her back, her arms, and no legs. No arm and leg spread out. The left arm and right leg missing. Backyard bottom slash. Look at this, Ryuzaki, see? The head is an hour, the arm is the minute, the leg is a second. So this is 12.45 and 20 seconds. Hmm. When you put it that way... When I put it that way, it's obvious the message you left behind. And he tossed the leg into the bathroom because it was only the watch he needed to take away and he wanted to emphasize that. Rizaki fell silent, apparently thinking. Let me see that, he said, taking the picture from Mizuha's hand as he watched him pour over it, turning his head all sorts of strange angles. Mizuha began to feel like her theory was completely wrong after all. All of this was only useful if it led to a message, and if he said that it was baseless coincidence, it would fall apart. Her deduction had no proof. Could never be proven. It had been produced by pure instinct. The ballot decided by instinct. By her instinct, she would have been victorious. Or fail. Misera? Yes, what? Assume your theory is correct. In this picture, there is no way to sure that the victim's clock is pointing at 12.45 in 20 seconds. Huh? I mean, look. Ryuzaki said, holding up the picture, upside down. Hold it like this, and it's 6.15 and 50 seconds. Or like this, turn the picture sideways, 3 o'clock and 35 seconds. And if you turn it 880 degrees, again, 9.30 and 5 seconds. Oh. Of course he was right. The picture was taken with the body vertically, so she had just assumed that the head, the hour hand, was pointed directly upwards at 12 o'clock. But if you really looked at the victim as a clock, that was not necessarily the case. It might be, but it might not just be. Just change the angle of the picture and there could be infinite possibilities. Or at least 360. The hand might not move, but the numbers could be placed anywhere around them. There was no clue indicating how they placed the numbers. If the victim represents the three hands, then this square room is presumably the numbers. The victim was lying at the center of the room. After all, and the victim was placed like this, 
parallel or perpendicular to the wall of the room, so I think we assume it's one of the four patterns as I mentioned. The four patterns is still too many. We need to at least get down to two, or we can't really say we've solved the killer's message. The room. Is the numbers. Now that I think about it, the first message involved Roman numerals, which are often used on clock faces. But there are no Roman numerals in here. If only there was some hint to tell us which wall goes with which number. Which wall was which time. But there was nothing out of the ordinary on any of these walls. Nothing that indicated a number. One wall had a door and the opposite wall a window. Another had a walk-in closet. Oh, was it directions? The compass again. Rizaki, do you know which way north is? If north is 12... I already thought that, but there's no logical reason to assume that north is 12. This isn't a map, after all. It might be east, or west, or south. Logic, logic, yeah, yeah, we need proof, or at least something reasonable. But how can we tell which wall? There's nothing! Indeed, it feels there's a wall blockage our path, too tall for us to climb over. A wall. Command for a wall. A wall. A wall. The widening here were on the walls. There have been two of them in here. Did that connect? Do the dolls have a meaning here? Mizura half forces up to the side she couldn't anything else that might be a hint and pushed her thoughts into this channel. The Wari Nino. Wari Nino. Straw dolls. Dolls. Stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. In the frilly room. Too many dolls for a 28 year old woman. The stuffed animals piled against the wall. I got it, Ryuzaki! Mizura said. This time, she was calm. This time, she did not get worked up. The number of stuffed animals. The stuffed animals on each wall. The number of animals is pointed to the time. See? There are 12 of them against the wall of the door. And 9 over there. 12 o'clock and 9 o'clock. If we view the whole room as a clock, then the door goes on top. No. Wait a second. Mizra. Rizaki interrupted. 12 and 9 are certainly true enough, but... But there are five dolls over here and only two on the fourth wall. If we use four numbers to indicate a clock face, then they should be 12, 3, 6, and 9. Not 12, 2, 5, and 9. These numbers don't fit. Of course they do. If you count the Wari Nino. Mizzle looked again at the two holes in the wall. If we add the Wari Nino to those stuffed animals, we get three. And if we add the Wari Nino to the five stuffed animals, we get six. This makes it The third crime scene itself is a clock. The entire room is a clock. Mizzle put the photograph of Backyard Bomb Slash down on the floor, which she had been lying a moment before and where Rizaki had been lying before that. Carefully, making sure it was the right angle. 6.15 and 50 seconds. End of chapter five.